you know we always talk about books being relatable or characters being relatable as if you as one person can experience everything in the world or you can have all experiences i mean if all the books you're reading are relatable you're picking the wrong books if you can identify with all the characters in the book then you're reading the wrong books Welcome to Books and Rhymes, the podcast that celebrates the joy of reading by flipping the script with a musical twist on your favourite books. I invite guests to pair books with songs or albums that spark the same emotional connection. I'm your host, Sarah, a West African in the diaspora with a deep abiding love for the written word. Join me as I take you on a musical journey through the works of new and classic authors. Rate, subscribe and review Books and Rhymes, the podcast on Apple Podcasts on all podcast platforms. Today's guest is Mutoni Muriri, a Kenyan researcher and literary activist. Mutoni is the founder of somanami.co.ke, a blog where she promotes and reviews books by continental and diaspora African writers. She is the co-founder of the African Review and the recently launched Things Fall Together vodcast that explores the intersection between literature, life, culture and community. Mutoni also hosts a monthly in-person book club based in Kenya called Bookish People Book Club. We use the music of Vivian Green, Rihanna, Sortisol, Beyonce, India Ari and more to discuss the joys of belonging to an online community like Bookstagram, othering in African literature and Mutoni shares her strategies for maintaining a healthy reading habit. Tweet your thoughts on this episode using the hashtag Books and Rhymes or you can simply at us on Twitter at Books and Rhymes. Were you inspired to read any book mentioned in this episode? Tag us on Instagram at Books and Rhymes. I hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed being in conversation with Mutoni. Hello, Mutoni! Welcome to Books and Rhymes, the podcast. You and I, we have a fantastic relationship and we met in the most unusual of places. We met on Legram, aka Bookstagram. For the uninitiated, what is Bookstagram? Oh, Bookstagram. Bookstagram is a community or an Instagram uh, that loves reading. So you'll find a lot of reviews on 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 bookstagram a lot of discussions around books around a lot of issues you know within the book sphere and amazing friendships like i've met so many people through uh, bookstagram people from different parts of the world which is amazing i mean this is this is a platform that has literally opened up the world for readers i absolutely love it i find it so supportive i didn't even know there was a bookstagram community until i started seeing myself tagged on lists <laughs> so people would be like oh bookstagrammers you recommend and i'm like this bookish girl was like hey people i am part of this <laughs> posh community so yeah i i love it i've been on there for about two or three years now and it's it's absolutely great a song that articulates what bookstagram is and means to you mm. i will pick um because this is another curveball question thank you very much i will pick <laughs> Um, therapy by India Ari and Rapsi. Mm-hmm. 
Ah, that song. Ah, that song just takes me to a different kind of zone. I am swaying. I am feeling the breeze, especially if you watch the video. You know, it's. <laughs> I th I think it was shot in the Caribbean, and the song is very therapeutic, just as it says, and it talks about this love that becomes therapy for, you know, for the artist. Um, you know, you're my therapy after a long day. You know, I come home and us just having our vibe is my own kind of therapy. And for me, Bookstagram provides a safe space, provides a very welcoming space. I mean, when I'm bored, I go to Bookstagram. I wake up in the morning <laughs> and I'm looking, oh, who's posting? And I love that engagement, you know, when you do your literary heritage sessions on Wednesday. Literary ancestry. Ancestry. Yeah. Uh, on Wednesday nights and I'm up until 1 a.m. Thank you very much again. Uh, <laughs> you know, joining and the kinds of friends that I have, the kind of fr friendships I have built just through Instagram, I find it very therapeutic. And so when I think about Instagram, and it's so interesting because, you know, people have been talking about, oh, the effects of social media and how people should keep off social media because it's affecting people's mental health. And I'm like, y'all need to come to Bookstagram because nobody's meant, <laughs> we are fixing each other. <laughs> you know, it's a completely different space. And what that tells me, it's it just depends on how you're engaging and using your social media. The kind of people you're allowing into your space, the kind of content you want to consume on social media, that is what affects your mental health. But if you come to Bookstagram, it, it feels, for me, it feels like therapy. So that song by India Ree and Grams Morgan was just, is, is one to describe my relationship with that community. And also, um, for, just to reiterate to our listeners that the playlist of all the songs referenced in the episode, including a specially curated playlist by Mutoni, is available to listen on streaming platforms like Spotify, Deezer, and, and the videos, are, there's a video playlist on YouTube as well. So you have a blog, somanami.co.ke, and you run a book club in Kenya. Yes, an in-person book club. An in-person book club called Bookish People. I love it. Uh -huh. Bookish People. People spelled P-I-P-O. Yes. What? Yes. I like it. We, we, we had to put some sauce on it, you know. We can't just be normal breeders. Have to put a spin on it. And then you have recently launched a new project. Ooh, yes. Called yes. Things fall together. I am so excited to, you know, be moving away from the normal hiding my, you know, hiding my, all this <laughs> online <laughs> and sort of coming into people's spaces in, in different ways. It feels great. It's, it's scary, but it feels great. It's so exciting. So what does things fall together and how did that come to be? Uh, so Things Fall Together is a vodcast, which is a mix of a podcast and a vlog. Um, it came about, you know, I've been doing my reviews, I've been doing my 
uh, book recommendations. I've been having these discussions. I've been hosting events, um, literary events in, in, in Kenya. And, you know, I got to a point where I was like, I feel like we need to archive these conversations in, in better ways using new medium, you know? And, and what's the medium that people are using nowadays? It's either through video or through just archiving those conversations in a podcast. And so I had been thinking about it for some time. And it's just one of those things you think about and then you shelve the idea because I had no idea how to go about it. I had no idea how to start a podcast. I had no camera. I didn't even know how to do videos. But I have an idea in my head and I absolutely have no way of executing. So it's like, okay, let me give it a bit more time. And, you know, it's like, I think when you have a dream or a vision and you're sort of focused on that vision, it's almost like the stars align to get you what you want. And so. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bet get 30, bet get 20, 20, 20, bet get 20, 20, bet get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The stars aligned and brought people in my life who had the exact same vision at the yes. exact same time. I yes. knew. Like, it was so incredible. Like, so, um, and it's people I'd met in, in, you know, in the book community um, here in Kenya in my book club so they are part of that community and you know we sat down and we decided we need to archive these conversations and especially when we have book club meetings you know you have some discussions that are so profound and you're like like are we just gonna leave this here like we need to share this with the world and yeah things fall together was born in addition to wanting to archive we wanted to bring out this conversations that we get from the books you know you read a book and it just takes a completely different trajectory so you're not only discussing the metaphors and the symbolism in the book and their writing style so that's not all you're discussing and especially when you look at African literature there are so many issues that come into play um, there are so many issues that touch on our daily lives that are reflected in the books that we read and those are the kind of conversations we're having on things fall together and those are the kinds of conversation we wanted to invite a larger audience to sort of join us in trying to discuss trying to put things back together you know i love how excited you are talking about it the name is deep the name is affirming, like Absolutely. really things yes. fall together. Together. 
and you know when we were when we sat down to debate on what what is the platform about what 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 do we want to do and how do we present ourselves to the world so what do we name our podcast and when we actually came up with the name things fall together we were really hoping that people would sort of get a sense of who we are even before we explain it if things fall together was a song a song that captures the intention the vision and the expectation of the social good that the project aims to achieve for listeners and um, people who engage with the platform, which song will it be? The album I would pick is Lemonade by Beyonce. And you know the reason I pick Lemonade? And I think, have you listened to the album itself? Like from start to end? You're not going to like me when I make this admission. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of Beyonce like that. Oh my God. How, how are we friends? How? I, why? I, see, I knew that you were going to say that. I, I knew this was going to put a dent in our friendship. This has. So dig deep and forgive me. Like I'm but looking I'm... at you so different. Like, who <laughs> are you? Are you judging me? <laughs> who are you? <laughs> but I think it's, 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 it's a great album. Um, the entire album, which I think is what you, you need to actually listen from the beginning to the end. It's, it's an entire journey. It's Beyonce telling us of her journey in her relationship and her marriage. As much as Beyonce is such a private person, she really becomes vulnerable, vulnerable in this album. So when the album starts and the first few songs are sort of talking about, you know, the suspicion sort of feeling something is not quite right. Are you cheating? You know, I want to look through your phone. I want to see what you're doing. And then as it progresses, it's established that he's actually cheating. So now she's angry. And you can see the anger come out in the songs that she's singing. Broken. She's, you know, she's murderous. She wants to break things. As it progresses, you can see the steps they took towards healing ends with a healing song and them trying to put things together where she says nine out of ten times you're this so do I want to leave this relationship because of the one time out of ten you know she's having those conversations with herself until she comes to a place of healing and forgiveness and rebuilding and I feel things fall together is is very similar to the lemonade album song I'd pick from that album is the last song in the album, which is um, All Night Long. You get deep, you touch my mind. You get deep, you touch my mind. Baptize your tears and dry your eyes. The entire album culminates in that one song. Like, that is where it was heading. That is where their journey sort of ends but begins again, you know? That's where, that's where their healing happens. It's where they find forgiveness. It's where they decide to reframe and rebuild that relationship and put it back together. So I think that song is very apt. If you listen to it in, in the progression that it's, the album is set, you can completely feel the change in tone, the change in feeling, the change in emotion. It's, it's absolutely wonderful. Where can interested parties find out about Things Fall Together and where can they listen 
watch and engage with the work so we are on youtube our youtube channel is things fall together vodcast uh, we are on podcast on anchor and it's also available on your favorite streaming platforms it's at things fall together vodcast to have social media presence on instagram things fall together vodcast and on twitter tf at tft vodcast a link to things fall together vodcast will be included in the show note so please check the show notes for links to things fall together vodcast so we're going to talk about your reading habit and your reading culture um, yes. So Books Around is a podcast where I invite guests to pair books with songs or albums that spark the same emotional connection. Usually when I am in conversation with guests on the podcast, it is interesting to hear from a lot of people that, oh, this is the first time I'm having to make this explicit connection. How did you find the process of pairing your books and songs together? And what, which, which pairing surprised you the most? Oh, I was so part, part of me was cussing you out because this is the second time <laughs> I had to do this. Um, it's you know, when you read a book, your feelings about the book are very clear. Like, you know how you you know, if you're annoyed, if you're angry, if you're just non, you're nonchalant, if you're frustrated, it's easy to pick up the emotion when you're reading a book. But to then translate it to a song that evokes the same kind of emotion had me going through my entire playlist from 1994 to today trying to figure out, is this how I'm feeling? No, I don't think that's how I'm feeling. Because, and when somebody gives you an assignment, like I think I am such a huge music fan. I sing along to literally everything and I listen to everything from pop to, to rock to Afrobeats, to hip hop, I listen to everything. And so I think I'm very music savvy. But when you ask me to pick out a song, it's like everything just leaves my brain. And I'm like, I, ha- I don't know any songs. <laughs> so, that was my experience. I was like, but I listen to a lot of songs. And I was asking, I was asking my hubby, babe, which song do you think makes you angry? Because I'm trying to get it from him. I know I, I, want an, I want an angry song, but I just can't think of any angry song. And he's like, but aren't you the one who's always singing along to this music? Like, I have no idea. And I'm like, oh, you're so useless. You know? <laughs> but, but once I, I started, I, I, I really enjoyed the process. It's, it's homework, but it's good homework. Do not let any of your guests lie that it's easy. It's not. <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> but yeah, it's so interesting when you when you actually start doing that. Probably it's something I'll start doing when I'm reading. There is something I, I do when I'm reading a book. Anytime an author cites a song in a book, I go and find the song. And usually it's just sometimes it's just you know write the lyrics or they say or they mention it in passing that song by xyz you know i i i become obsessive and i find the song i've playlist to songs referenced in specific books on my um music streaming platform because i i want to if, they, if they've referenced this song they've referenced the song for a reason and I want to know why. I want to know why that particular song. I want to situate myself 
in that particular scene. I asked you to pick a song that captures your feelings towards the habit of reading. And you picked... Extravaganza by Sauti So. The song itself, Extravaganza, is an invitation to this party, to this extravaganza. The song is mostly in Swahili, but it's... That's a plane on my end, don't worry. <laughs> an invitation to this extravaganza, Karibu Kwenye Extravaganza, you know? And I feel like reading is also an extravaganza and the thing with the song itself is the way it's unexpected so it's it talks about things being not what they seem uh, there are some lyrics so i'll just give you the translated versions of the of the song so there are lyrics where it says you know you come to the party or you call the cops on us turns out the cops are our followers you know <laughs> you think you're going north but you're actually going south so <laughs> there's a lot of contrast in that song very unexpected you know what you think is is not but welcome to this party where unexpected things happen and when i'm going into my reading that's the sort of vibe i get like you're just getting into and and especially with african literature because my mission is to read uh books and encourage more people to read books and especially african literature and i feel like african literature is such an extravaganza in itself like there's so much and this assumption that literature from africa is a monolith or has one kind of message which is always leaning towards a political message is is such a distortion of what african literature is and what the african story is you know it's a mix of so many things like there are so many genres there are so many different stories there are so many experiences it's um not always what you expect to find so it's an extravaganza just come prepared come with an open heart come with you know with funk come with a good spirit come with some cheer and let's just enjoy it so i picked that song because that is what reading for me feels like like you always find the unexpected in places that you didn't, you didn't think you would. I asked you to pick the first book you remember rereading. And then, and as per usual, with books and rhymes, I then ask you to pair that book with a song that transports you to the particular time in your life where you, when you first encountered the book. And then you picked. <laughs> uh, so for the book I picked, Americana by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie mm -hmm. and I paired it with Read All About It by Emily Sunday. Uh, Read All About It by Emily Sunday is a song about finding your voice, telling your own story, telling your own version of the story and refusing to be silent, refusing, uh, you know, refusing people to speak for you, so to say. So finding your voice, finding your confidence. You've got the words to change a nation, but you're biting your tongue. You 
about just that awakening and being confident in who you are in your own story and just sharing your story letting everyone read that story like put it in the papers i don't care this is who i am this is my story and i want the entire world to see this version of me the version that i myself i am presenting to the world so that that is what the song is for me and when I read Americana, I feel it's one of those books that just sparked something in me. It wasn't my first introduction into African literature, but it's the first book that I read that I felt just sparked a change in how I read. Uh, of course, I read a lot of uh, Chinua Achebe's growing up for school. <laughs> you know, I read things fall apart for school. I read uh, the other um, Achebe book, which is no um, longer at ease. Arrow of no, God. Yes, you the know man of the those, people. Uh, yes, mm -hmm. man of the people. I read the concubine by Lechi Amadi. And yes! isn't it interesting that I was also reading just a lot of Nigerian books because that is what was <laughs> <laughs> that is what was available. But it was all for school, and you know when you're reading these books. You're reading it for the symbolism and you're trying to unearth the deeper meaning to these books. But the context of the book was something that for me was not very relatable. It was an Africa that I had not lived in. It was an Africa that I was only reading about in books. You know, the Ngugi Wathiongos were talking about the, the early post-colonial time, I was not aware of that Africa. You know, the Africa that is referenced in, say, Things Fall Apart. Yes, it is my Africa, but it wasn't one that was familiar. So even when I was reading, it was very passive. I never took time to actually think about it. You know, as long as I'm passing literature class, that was enough. But when I read Americana, I was like, hold up, wait, what? What, you can actually write a book where, you know, it's set in modern, in a modern day. It's about a young girl, a teenage girl, living in an African modern setting, in an urban setting, uh, you know, in a middle class family, trying to establish who she is, having, you know, having friends, having these boyfriends, trying to figure out what do I want to, out of my life, who do I want to be, you know, trying to ascertain who you are. And I felt, I felt like it was my story. The struggles that Ifemelu was, was going through, even in, um, in, in Nigeria. I mean, she wasn't from a rich family, but then she wasn't poor. You know, and there's a, and there's that story that, had I hadn't read before. So what I was reading was... What story hadn't you read before? The story of the urban girl mid, from a middle-class family living a normal childhood in Africa. You know, I had not read that story. I'd read the story of the villages and the colonization and, you know, and the politics and a very traditional set you know, I hadn't read my own story in a book. 
and when i encountered americana is when i felt now this is my story now this is a story that i can relate to this is an african story i can relate to you know the african story is not only what um the early writers were writing because that was the perception and and i f- probably this is why i wasn't relating to these stories i mean i read um things fall apart later and i got a deeper appreciation for you know the book and the what he was talking about in the book but when i read it when i was a teen i was like are you seeing how i'm rolling my eyes like oh my god can i just get through <laughs> literature class and then get on with it <laughs> yeah and so americana sort of just changed something for me and i i developed a hunger and a thirst for more stories more stories that i felt were telling my story telling a different kind of an african story but which is still a real story now this was a story that i felt i could just shout it out to the world i lent my copy to so many people i lost the first copy that i got of americana <laughs> i remember i even started a book club which is way back when which survived for only a couple of months and i don't even think it was a book club it was more of a chimamanda fan club <laughs> all we did <laughs> all we did was read all her books and then the book club died so i read americana and then i got my friends together i was like oh we have to read this book and discuss it so we all read americana and then we moved to half of a yellow sun and then we did purple hibiscus we did the thing around your neck and then the book club died you know <laughs> It was 2013 and I read it the same year. So by 2014 the the book club <gasps> No. Oh my god, I'm so jealous. <laughs> I've just I've just shown Mitoni my signed copy of Americana. Oh, oh my god, I'm so jealous. Uh, anyway, if Chimamanda is listening to this please girl <laughs> find me <laughs> but and and my love for her is because she's the writer who sparked my love for african literature and after i read americana i started seeking out all these different stories of a contemporary african society uh you know a, a different kind of like i was saying a different kind of an african story and the song that i picked read all about it is exactly how i was feeling and you know that album emily's um album a version of events i think that came out in 2011 or 2012 so i was listening to the music at around the same time i was reading the book and i was like ah oh, this is exactly how i feel i feel like i just want to shout i feel like i've just been given a voice i feel like my presence has been acknowledged my presence in my small you know african estate that voice has now been acknowledged and yeah that's why i picked that song i think it's very apt it takes me back to when i was reading and my emotions at the time i was reading americana you've used the phrase african literature a lot in your description um and i would like you to there's a lot of conversation about the definition of african literature how are you defining african literature and and how important is it for you 
to situate these books you are reading as African literature? You know, I've been listening and trying to follow the debates about what constitutes African literature. I mean, Gugi Wathiongo said, if it's an African language, then that's African literature because you can't be writing African literature in English because English is not indigenously African. And I think it's Chinua who said, no, you have to communicate in the way you can communicate with the world when you're telling the story. So he negated what Ngugi was saying. And I mean, even Ngugi at the end of the day ended up translating um, his books because he had stopped writing in English. So I don't know if it's, I don't agree that it's just based on the language that you use to write. I think it's in the story that you're communicating. Yes, and the African experience is a wide experience. So my understanding of African literature is this, that literature that has been written by an African person, whether they're living in the continent or in the diaspora. So it's not a story that is situated in Africa, but it's a story by an African of their African experience. What would be your response to the question of self-othering? by using this specific phrase, African literature, to describe mm -hmm. works that, yes, that immortalizes your, you know, cultures, things that are specific to your culture, right, textually. What is your response to the question of self-othering? Because when we read literature by Europeans, there is no prefix. We don't prefix them. So, and I'm asking you this as a, as a person who has used the phrase repeatedly when you talk about these books. I don't agree it's othering. I think, I personally think that's a semantic. I don't think I'm othering by Tamil's African literature. The reality is the African voice um, is, I don't know, I don't know the best way to sort of describe it. I, do, I don't wanna say it's a new voice, but it's not a new voice. You know, working with the African Review and when we're trying to find books written by Africans and the 54 African countries, it is, it is quite a challenge. You know, I did, I did a, a post on, you know, books from all the 54 African countries. And trust me, Sarah, that was one of the most difficult tasks I have done. Just because literature from Africa is still new. It is still fighting for what do you mean by new? If if we're looking at um, literature written by Africans, most of it has been published post-colonial, in post-colonial era. So if you look at the early writers, the Chinua Chebes, they were only able to publish post-colonial, in post-colonial times. Ngugi Wathiongo. Um, I mean the first Anglophone. A book by um, an African woman was published in 1960 was it 67 and that was a furu by Flora Nwapa you know and in in francophone Africa the first book was also published in around the late 60s or the 70s so that's what I mean by a new voice it's like 50 years old right and in the 50 years it has been a struggle to get acceptance for it to go mainstream you know, so it has to have an identity. I think it's more of an identity. I don't think it's an othering 
I don't think you're sort of removing your you know the othering it's almost like you are looking at yourself as an outsider and I don't think that's the case that takes me on to Africa Review which you have mentioned previously Ooh, and your blog yes. Somanami and, and I feel like you've already answered the question <laughs> before you even ask it Okay, so if I start with my own uh, blog, which is somanami.co.ke, um, the reason I started the blog is because I was looking for, you know, a platform where I could just share my reading, my um, reviews on books, my engagement with the book and books and open up discussions around books that I read and I love. And I wanted to archive that in my own kind of platform so it started as a very personal venture Be previously i had been reading either i won't review books or i'll post my review on goodreads and i was like i could just as well use my own platform to share you know my thoughts and my musings my my ideas on books on my platform so that's when i that's why i started uh, somanami.co.ke just to save them for myself as a personal project in fact initially i didn't even think i would publish it i thought i would just set up a small site and then just keep it very private and it would be something that i would always go back to but then i decided why i should share this brilliance <laughs> with the world you know <laughs> why keep it to yourself read all about it shout all about it so uh it has now evolved into a space where i engage with other people with literature have these discussions and for the african review it started in an interesting way it started in a group chat <laughs> on on instagram we wanted the platform itself to stand on its own you know because the members in the african review most of them are very uh i don't want to say influencers or micro influencers or but they are already people vibrant personalities you know pa yes you know personalities who already have a huge following and if at this early stage, if you were to reveal who is behind the African review, then we're not sure we'd be achieving our goal because we'll probably get that following based on individual membership as opposed to what the platform itself is trying to do. So we wanted to create a platform that was able to stand on its own before you get to see the faces behind, you know, the page. I remember reading a review on um, the Dragonfly Sea by Yvonne Adyambo and the reviewer said it's based on a fictional island called Pate and I'm like, hello, it's not fictional, it's actually there, if you look at a map you will find, you know, you'll find the island, it's actually an island that exists and people live there. So this is the kind of engagement that at times we were seeing and it was getting us so frustrated. And we decided, let us speak for ourselves. 
like we are so we do not we no longer want to take a back seat we want to highlight our own stories we want to tell these stories from our own perspective we want to create a platform that is you know interactive that is informative that is uplifting that is telling a diverse um narrative of africa and is engaging with the work from the the continent you know in a more meaningful way so that it can also be received in more meaningful ways so that was the idea behind uh, the african review it started as friends chatting expressing frustrations checking up on each other because we all live in different parts either of the continent or different parts of the world because some of us live in africa some of us live in europe it's 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 such an interesting platform where we celebrate africa where we can engage with publishers especially in trying to access books i mean we just partnered with canon gate how and where can people find and engage with the african the africa review currently we're only available on instagram and our Instagram page is at the African Review. So please follow, engage with our content. content. <laughs> Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to see. You know, we've been doing a series on African civilizations. And we are looking at civilizations from different parts of Africa, from the north, east, west and south. And it's it's like an ongoing series that is quite fun. And especially when you start doing the research, you realize like, oh my God, there's a lot about Africa that we also didn't know. And we're trying to highlight books and literature from all over the continent, you know, and that's when you realize that some of this information is not readily available, even for somebody who's looking. So we want to be that platform that can provide, can avail this information and make it accessible to people who want to to learn a bit more. And if the Africa Review was a song, which song would it be? Africa by Yemi Alade and Sauti Soul. <laughs> <laughs> See, I didn't even have to think about that one. <laughs> and it's another couple. <laughs> You've talked about somanami, somanami.co.ke and the Africa Review, mm -hmm. and both of them require a lot of reading. Mm -hmm. They're quite labor intensive. The purpose of this question is to ask mm -hmm. you about how you maintain your reading momentum. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So I asked you, what is your go-to book? when you want to combat reading slump mm. and which song best captures your attitude mm. towards reading slump? Mm. Mutoni, please explain yeah. to the listeners what you did with this question. <laughs> I like how you're laughing. So <laughs> I was, I was thinking about that question and as, and I, there was this no way I could just narrow it down to the one book because I have reasons and then I have books. So I have a sort of a formula that I have worked out for myself that I use when I'm in a slump. And to be honest, I have, I'm just sort of getting out of a reading slump. What is a reading slump? Which is interesting. A reading slump is a period in a reader's life. It's very traumatic, it's very depressing. You can't seem to <laughs> stop laughing. It's a period in a reader's life where you're unable to sustain concentration to read or you're not motivated to read. You just can't seem to get into a book and, and see it through. And you're, you're just not motivated to keep reading. You know, the thing, like you were saying with voracious readers, you're always reading a book. It's one after another after another. And personally, I read something every day. I don't think there's a day goes by that I won't read, whether it's five pages Why or Why is that? What pages. compels you to do that? I make sure. It's, it's a passion. Like before, I mean, what do you do in the one hour, 30 minutes before you sleep? When I'm trying to sleep and I'm using my phone, the sleep just won't come. <laughs> but if I'm reading a book, then it's just going to allow me into a good sleep. I mean, what do you do when you're at the doctor's clinic waiting for your turn? What do you do when you have a, a date or a meeting and you're the first one to get there? Like, what do you do to fill up the breaks in your time? For me, it's books. I'll always carry a book. So if I have five minutes, I'll open the book and, and read a page or two. But, you know, with Rona and everything that's been going wrong with the world, I've been finding the last couple of months, I've not been reading as much as I want to. And when you take such a long break in between reads, you find that you're not as motivated to read as you were before. So I got into a slump and I wasn't able to read Actually, I haven't been reading as much as I thought I would, but I am just coming out of my reading hey. slump. <laughs> so which, what are your go-to book and which song best captures your attitude towards the reading slump? Towards a slump. 
Okay, so like I said, I have a formula. So when I'm in a slump, I will either look for a book that is short. So my go-to is a short story. Um, I will go to a book that will make me laugh, that is funny. So that's my laugh. And I will go back to a book that I have absolutely loved reading. And it's easy to go back into that book. So either a short story. So my picks were, I picked one short story. I picked a book that I still think is hilarious and I still laugh every time I, I reread the book because it's one I've read a couple of times and a book that I love and it's easy to just go back to the book because I know the plot, I enjoyed the plot, I loved it and it's easy to go back. So when you're in a slump, it's almost like you're unable to commit to... A, a long-term relationship <laughs> with a book you sort of just want a fling you want something easy <laughs> and i picked what it means when a man falls from the sky by leslie neka arima it's a collection of 12 stories and arima is is an author is a writer i have just come to love like the way she writes is so captivating uh, the stories are so interesting i love that you know i was listening to one of her interviews and she said that she thinks the world is doomed and so the only thing we can do is imagine a future and how that future looks like and so those are the kinds of stories that she writes and that is so true because when you read her stories most of them are very dystopian-ish they imagine uh, a future and the kind of future that we're gonna have and all her stories are very futuristic which i love uh this book has themes of uh you know uh, womanhood parenthood you know that relationship between mothers and their daughters and it's just one that i loved from the first story to the last story i just fell in love with them and when i'm in a slump i'm like you know what one story a day is enough so I'll pick the book at random. And that's the thing with short stories. Uh, you know, you, you did uh, the series on short stories and vignettes. It's a for live session, yeah. African heritage. Yeah. So when it's a short story collection and the stories are not linked, then you can easily just open up the page, whichever story, read that for the day. So that is what I do when I'm in a slump, just to make sure that I'm at least reading. It's easy to read in one sitting. Mm. It works. It works, and at least you still keep that momentum going. The next book I picked was one that makes me laugh, and that's um, We Need New Names by Noviolet Bulawayo. Oh, that book is funny. I find it so funny. I find the narration by the 10-year-old darling so endearing. Uh, the language is so captivating. It reminds me of how we used to speak as kids you know the shenanigans that we used to <laughs> get up to when we were kids climbing trees in the village uh, just you know being naughty and the way that the 10 year old mind interprets her world is hilarious and you know but when you think about it and you think about the issues that are being brought out in the book they're quite serious but in that 10-year-old mind, everything seems funny. 
the narration is hilarious and I find myself just laughing and using the phrases that um, Noviolet uses in the book. So it's one that I always go to when I'm in a slump, when I'm feeling like, oh, I just need to laugh. Uh, so that was the second pick. My third pick was a book I have read and loved and I would not mind reading again. And that is The Secret Lives of the Four Wives by Lola Shoneyin. Or the secret lives of the of Baba Segi's wives. Um, I loved that book. I loved the. I loved her writing. I loved that she, you know, spoke about a polygamous African setting. <laughs> In a hilarious way, it's also another funny book. If you think about Baba Segi, if you've read the book, you know Baba Segi is an old, obnoxious, polygamous African man who has three wives and he's now taken on the fourth wife who's you know a bit more savvy and educated and the other the elder three wives are not happy that there's a youngin who's been brought into their family you know with a chip on her shoulder acting like yo i'm the i'm the new boss in town and so they don't let him in they don't let her in on the family secrets <laughs> of how wives remain in babasegi's uh, <laughs> babasegi's family so it's it's hilarious um she tells an african story in a positive in a positive light sort of you know um she doesn't look down on polygamy because that is an african reality you know so it's it's a book i love it's a book and it's it's a short book so you can easily finish the book in a day or two it's one of those page turners so that's one of the books i also go to when um in a slump and that's the other thing when i'm in a slump i will probably just reread a book i have already read as opposed to mm -hmm. picking up a that's new also one. my strategy my strategy is to is i yeah. look through my shelf yeah for a book that i remember enjoying and it is always a short book yes always a short book and i take it and i read it because when rona started i went back to things fall mm -hmm. apart by because mm. I know it is a small book, I know it is well written, and I know that it is an engaged read. So for mm. me, I'm walking down a well-treaded exactly. path, and it opens up a whole new and and that's the thing. experience for me. Yeah, I yes, I also find when you're rereading a book because you already know the plot, you already know where the the story is going. You have a bit more time to appreciate certain nuances that you weren't able to appreciate when you mm. were reading it for the first time. So you're able to pick up on certain things that you may have missed. So definitely reread a book when you're going through a slump because it's a tough time. And the song? And the song I picked was um, Emotional Roller Coaster by Vivian Green. Last night I cried Tossed and turned, woke up with dry eyes. My mind was racing, feet were pacing. Lord, help me, please tell me what I have gotten into. In my I think the title of the song just tells it all. You know, like I was saying when I started, I was saying, like, oh, it's a time in a reader's life where you just mm. don't know what to do with your life, you're depressed, you're you're wondering you know what now you want to read you can't read you want to you can't so it's like you're going through a series of emotions it's like you're on that roller coaster and i'm like oh my god i'm on an emotional roller coaster loving you <laughs> when i think of 
emotional roller coaster. I remember the first verse which says, Last night I cried, tossed and turned, woke up with dry eyes. My mind were racing, feet were mm. ache, were pacing. Lord help me, what have I gotten myself into? Into Yay. I mean perfect. Isn't that exactly how you feel? I know the song was in reference to a relationship, but you know you're in a relationship with books and if it hurts, it hurts just the same. <laughs> you know, if it's not going right, if your relationship with books and reading is not going right, you sort of feel the same thing. And you know, for a voracious reader, reading sort of forms part of your identity. Like you're, you're the books you read and it's such a huge part of your day your routine and when that is upended it's like what is this like what 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 what's going on yeah so i thought that song was just perfect for that feeling you get when you're when you're in a slump nobody likes it especially when you get onto bookstagram and people are just posting books every day like i read i've finished i've reviewed i'm like stop it <laughs> Stop showing up. <laughs> You've gotten out of reading slump. You're in your living your best reading life. And then tragedy strikes. Oh Yay. my goodness. There is a fire. 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 Ah. Oh dear But <laughs> you can only save one book. Which book would you save in a fire paired with a song that articulates how you would feel if you'd lost the last existing copy of that book? The second part of that question was really, really hard. But the first part of the book, which book, uh, the question, which book would I pick? Chintu by Jennifer Nansubuga Makumbi from Uganda. This book, I, like, are you seeing my copy? It has, it has tales. I dropped this book in soup as I was cooking and I was reading and it just dropped. And I picked it back up and I wiped off the soup. So it, ha <laughs> it has soup stain oh on one side. <laughs> it's the Kwani edition. It's the book that was published when the entire world has had rejected it. Um, so the reason I picked this book and why it's one I would save in a fire is because I think it's a phenomenal book. I think it's it's exceptional. I think Makumbi just did a thing with this book. It tells the story of Chintu and the Chintu Chintu clan in in Uganda. I don't want to give any spoilers. Um, the Chintu family, and it starts with the progenitor who is Chintu, and he commits an act that will plague his family with a curse and you know it tells that multi-generational story of his descendants and throughout the course of the book we see how this curse that was released upon their progenitor is sort of affecting the lives of each descendant in his lineage and you know they're not aware they're not aware. It's just a family that has a lot of misfortunes, but they're not aware where, you know, where this is coming from, or they're not even relating it with a curse. 
up until modern day Uganda, where the descendants of the remaining descendants of the Chintu family have to come together and sort of try and break that curse. And I think it's a very, I, at times I lack words to describe the book because um, it, first of all, um, there's... <laughs> And do you know what? Do you find that the book you love the most are the hardest to describe? They're, they're the hardest. But one of the things... So let me just talk about the things I love about this book. So one of the things I absolutely love about this book is there's no whiteness in the book. Like she almost acted like it doesn't exist. You know, she told a very authentic Ugandan story and she did not give space for whiteness. And I feel this is one of the reasons why the book was rejected by international publishers as being too African, because it did not make space for whiteness. It was telling a Ugandan story. And she, she sort of infers about colonization because it starts in the 1700s, right? And it ends at around 2004. And of course it infers colonization, but she does not give airplay to colonization. She does not explicitly talk about it. It infers that there was something or a people who came and the way of life changed for Ugandans. And if this book is, you know, being published in the UK or the US, I would assume the publishers are thinking about their white audience. And why, why would a white audience read about an African country and there are no white people in in the setting. So I think for the publishers, they didn't feel like this is a story that would sell, which I think is really undermining readers, if you ask me, <laughs> you know? And, and the kind of, and assuming that you know, you know, with absolute conviction, the kind of books that people will receive and how they will receive them and the kind of stories. And this is the muffling. I think publishers sort of impose that they have decided that these are the only stories we're going to read. And so for them, Chintu was not a story they wanted out there in the world. Um, and primarily because it did not make space for whiteness, but it was not a story about whiteness. It was story, it was a story about Africans in an African setting, and it was a story about Africans reckoning with things of the past and the present. Because I feel personally that there's an assumption, or we have sort of two Africas. We have the Africa before the white man came, and it's almost like we were chopped off at the roots and transplanted. And now there's an Africa that has to involve the white man, you know? And this story that is involving the white man is the one that publishers want because they have to be in the mix. They have to insert themselves in whichever story. Uh, it's what I like to call the narcissism of whiteness. I, I find that whiteness... Mm, absolutely. I find that whiteness is very narcissistic when it comes to black stories and black narratives. Mm. They don't care how you talk about them as long as you talk about them. You know, that is what came out with this book and the refusal to publish it internationally because, you know, there was... And white fragility, the white ego was like, ah, no, we, 
no we can't you know yeah. like can you just put in a couple of white people at the end of, <laughs> at, the, at the turn of the century can you just add on some ha- speck huntington who was the first explorer in uganda can you can you insert him in the story you know but that is not the story makumbi wanted to tell and i have the utmost respect for jennifer makumbi i think she's brilliant you know she she did the ugandans justice like for one second i was like oh i wish i was ugandan you know and the book has those themes of twins and she just paints everything in in such positive light you know as she mixes all these elements of the past and the present you know like i was saying i feel like there were two africas there's the africa without the white man and then there's the africa with the white man but the story of africa with with the white man gets you know precedence gets uplifted you know more and what makumbi did was merge these stories it is a historical book and it has mental health so i don't think it's just one thing Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's interesting mm-hmm. to see how also the mental health theme evolves for mm-hmm. the descendants of the Chintu family and how they try and resolve or how they interpret um, the mental health issues, but from an African perspective. You know, more than just the mental health issues, she brings in issues of um, superstition and meets which are very cultural and they're very traditional to the african setting you know so i guess for somebody who's looking at it uh with a western gaze you will Mm. attribute everything to just mental health (laughs) but from an african perspective and and because we've grown up with these stories we've grown up i mean we see night runners and, <laughs> and what are night runners the people who wake up in the middle of the night to run around naked there are people who wake up in the middle of the night and strip down naked and start running around the villages stuck naked it's a thing it's <laughs> i know right it's a thing and it still exists it's not like something that used to happen in the in the olden days and it doesn't like even today we have night runners and we still believe in curses like curses hold a very strong or very it's given a lot of importance like you do not want your elderly person to pronounce a curse on you and it doesn't matter whether you know we now have uh western civilization or you know we are christians like even the christians you do not want your grandmother to utter the words i curse you because we still believe that the curses exist and the curses will plague your generation you you know we still believe those things exist and that is what makumbi i feel brought out in the book that there are aspects of african traditional society that are still very relevant in today's modern society and this is just a part of life yes there have been influences from other cultures from you know other places in the world but these are also aspects of our culture that we still hold in in high regard of all the books why is chintu the particular book that you would run to save in a fire what is the significance of chintu to you and to other people that requires that it should be saved Mm. because i feel chintu is 
um, is a story that needs to be read by everyone um and it's 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 a great book you know like the very, for the very reason that it was termed too african i think that's the reason i would want everybody to read it because it tells that story and it does not pass judgment it does not try to sway the reader's mind on oh you know this but no now we changed and we do this because the colonizer told us that this might not be the right way to do things. So nowadays we totally shunned the, the ways of the old and we're now doing this. It's a book that mm. presents all these issues to the reader and leaves it to you as the reader to make your own inferences, to make your own judgment, to make your own interpretation of it. And she does it in a very positive light. I feel it's an authentic African story. She does not pander to whiteness or white sensibilities you know i feel it's it's very real you know we always talk about books being relatable or characters being relatable as if you as one person can experience everything in the world or you can have all experiences i mean if all the books you're reading are relatable you're picking the wrong books if you can identify with all the characters in the book then you're reading the wrong books or you're reading one book you know that's the thing we live in different parts of the world doesn't mean that because i live in kenya my experiences are similar to somebody living in uganda just because we're black it doesn't mean we share similar experiences as say you sarah who's living in in the uk you know and for us to assume as readers that for you to be able to like a book it has to be relatable i think it's a fallacy books teaches empathy meaning you can be able to empathize with characters that you absolutely have no idea no inkling of that experience like you don't know it but you can actually think oh my god this is this is interesting or this is sad or i think this is you know, this way or that way. You don't have to insert yourself in every story for you to enjoy it. Which yes. song did you pair with Chintu? Uh, I paired What Now but by Rihanna. I've been ignoring this big lump in my throat. I shouldn't be crying tears were for a weaker days. I'm stronger now. So I say something's missing. This was the most difficult uh, question, like picking that song was because I, I, if I lost this book in a fire, what would I be feeling? And then put that in a song that would evoke the same kind of emotion. And I knew the feeling, like I'm even feeling it. I can feel it and I have the book with me. <laughs> oh. but, <laughs> what are you feeling? I'm feeling frustrated i'm feeling you know depressive i'm feeling resigned to just a world that has no flavor i'm feeling angry i'm feeling lost and trying to pick a song that brought out those feelings was quite hard and it took up took a minute but when i listened to what now again by rihanna i thought it was just the perfect song i feel deeply it's a song about depression it's a song about struggle uh trying to make sense of uh, your world 
you know and and it's um about a resignation in you know the artist Rihanna when she's singing it she sounds resigned she sounds very frustrated you know what now I just can't figure it out I'll just wait it out and see what happens you know I've been ignoring this feeling in my throat I know I shouldn't be crying um and as somebody who's experienced depression in my life I sort of know um the turmoil that you go through and the sadness the never-ending sadness and i feel like <laughs> i would be probably thrown into a bout of depression if i lost my books in a fire because they form part of my identity you know like i was saying earlier and i i honestly think i'd be lost that's why i really i'm very apprehensive about lending books because people never return books they're never in the same condition oh they were God. when you load them out. Do you know I lent my sister a book um, and that was Behold the Dreamers and just when it came out and I loved the book and then Oprah had picked it for her book club and then I lent it to my sister. When she gave it back, I almost cried. So I made her buy me another book. <laughs> I do not joke with my books and she is banned from borrowing like she knows she can't even borrow a book from me so she'll be like so what books do you recommend I'll go buy my own copy so I can treat it the way I want <laughs> I asked you to pick a book you believe everyone must read paired with a song that captures how the book makes you feel and you picked Ta -da -da -da. that's girl woman other by Bernadine Evaristo <laughs> and why I think everybody should read this book is for the simple reason that I feel it's such a celebration of black women in our different experiences in our different identities in our different spaces I feel it just celebrates that just being a woman like, I wouldn't even go into the details of it, but that is what I felt when I was reading the book. And, you know, when I was picking the song, um, <laughs> I picked Brown Skin Girl by Beyonce. So as the chair lady, co-founder of the <laughs> African edition chapter of the Beehive, I have to pair this book with two of <laughs> Beyonce's songs. So the first one is a Brown Skin Girl by Beyonce. And the second one is, and Wizkid, yay. And the second one is Girls by Beyonce. Because both songs are a celebration of women. Have you looked in the mirror lately? Wish you could trade eyes with me. There's complexities in complexion. What your skin is, glow like diamonds. Dig me like the earth you be giving birth. To everything alive, baby, know your worth. I love everything about you from your nappy curls to every single curve body natural. I feel a brown skin girl is is more mellow. It's celebrating the beauty of, you know, the brown skin, which is also what Bernadine does. You know, finding beauty in however you look, whether you're deep dark chocolate like me or you're more <laughs> You know, if if you're more bright, you know, if 
it celebrates that diversity it encourages women to be proud of who they are to stand proud in their femininity in their strength to celebrate their vulnerabilities you know and beyonce in brown skin girls says if ever you're in doubt remember what mama told you and i read uh, just a couple of days because of course chair lady of the african chapter is this stemmed from a conversation that kelly had with the mom when they were quite young i think either in their early teens or when they were around 10 years old and kelly roland who is i guess beyonce's best friend and former bandmate was very insecure about her dark skin because she's of a darker complexion than Beyonce. And it was always an issue for her growing up in America where there's a lot of colorism and the brighter, the closer you are to whiteness <laughs> in, 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 in skin tone. The more opportunities... And I think that conversation happens on the continent of Africa as well, except in America, mm. the, it is a bit more, the, the chat is a bit more explicit. Yeah, so Tina, who is Beyonce's mom, had a talk with Kelly and was telling her to celebrate her dark skin and her chocolate skin, and that is what makes her who she is. And the dark skin is the most beautiful skin in the world. So when Beyonce references remember what mama told you she's referencing that conversation that the mother it's just, oh so it's that celebration but it's very serene it's very chill so um girls which is who run the world is like yo you gotta do your feast up like this you have to stomp on the ground you know you have to dance you have to unapologetically take up that space like now we're not like oh kumbaya let's come here let's celebrate our our womanness in very in a very subtle quiet way girls is about you know we run the world And it's such a call to action. I feel like it's a call to action. It's a call to take up space. It's a call to be bold. It's a call to recognize your own accomplishments as a woman and not shy away from that. So those two songs, I feel, are very reflective of what Evaristo accomplished in Girl, Woman, Other. Or a book by a Kenyan writer that you feel more people should read paired with his song. That's The Dragonfly Sea. Uh, by Yvonne Adyambo Owar. Um, it's a book that is set in a very small island of the Kenyan coast about a young lady. It's a coming of age story about a young lady called Ayana. And the book follows her life and the trajectory of her life as she leaves Kenya and migrates to china and it brings in that influence that china has with africa in very in a very interesting interest yeah so i think it's a it's a it's a really great book uh it requires that you have an open mind when you're reading it and um appreciate yvonne's genius because the way she writes is oh my god like it will just send you on a on a trip. I love it. I love it. Um, 
she's not one of the easiest writers but once you get into the groove of it and especially because you know when i was reading this book it was a buddy read with fifi as well and we were just marveling at this story of kenya and the way she just she brings out the story and her prowess in the written word it's just amazing the story is great it's not a fictional island for anybody else who thinks it's a fictional island it is not <laughs> it's it's an island that actually exists and has existed for a long time you know uh yeah so that's the first book i would recommend and the second book i would recommend by a kenyan uh which is one i have just read it's it's just uh it was published it's been published this year actually and that's the havoc of choice by wanjiro koinange it it's a story about a Kenyan family around the 2007-2008 post-election violence. And the story of Kenya and the conflict that we faced during that time, how it evolves through the eyes of the family, of this family, and how different people were touched in different ways and how we as a people have tried to sort of forget that history and push it to the back of our minds and act like it didn't happen. Uh, so the book is bringing forth these stories in a very passionate, passionate way, I would say. Because, I mean, there are bits of the book that had me crying, had me angry. Uh, it's, it's, it's also a very Kenyan story. And I think she almost used the same makumbi style of being unapologetically writing in the way we speak as kenyans and it tasks the reader to embrace that kind of writing because this is authentically how an Arabian would speak this is how i always speak in fact i found it so hard conducting this entire interview without infusing my swahili in <laughs> in the conversation <laughs> you know but when I was reviewing the book, I was like, you know, Kenyans, we, we're just notorious code switchers. We speak English and then they Swahili and you, we just get on with it. And that's exactly how the book has been written. And I think it's just beautiful. I think it's a book that needs to be read widely. Uh, so, yeah, go out and buy The Havoc of Choice by Wanjiro Koinange. Absolutely. Top, top, top. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Books and Rhymes, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to Mutoni's book pairings. I highly and strongly recommend you listen to Mutoni's podcast, Things Fall Together. It is available on all podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to your podcast. I have included a link in the show note. You can listen to a playlist of the songs featured in this episode as well as more songs curated by Mutoni via the link in the show note. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Books and Rhymes. The song you heard in the intro and outro of this podcast is titled Reset by Miyakum. That's Miyakum spelled M-E-A-K-O-O-M. The link to her music is in the show note. Do us a small but huge favour. Rate the podcast and review it on iTunes. By doing so, you make it easier for other people to find and listen to the podcast. Such small gestures really goes a long way in making our work more worthwhile.
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.